Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Grounded with Pastor Matt Round. This is episode 19, and today we are going to be answering the question, can a Christian who committed suicide still go to heaven? This is a deep and heavy topic, and Pastor Matt is going to turn to God's word, and we are going to find an answer. Hello, Pastor Matt. Hey, Noah. So, yeah, this is a really sensitive subject, and it touches and impacts a lot of people, um, I think, in a way that's unique from other other deaths. Death always brings grief. Um, and of course that looks different for every family, but suicide, uh, it has a unique way of bringing hurt. Cause I think so often it's not just sadness that's left behind. Um, so often there's guilt that gets brought in on the part of family or friends because they think they either should have seen something that they didn't or should have, or could have done more to prevent it. So there's that, that guilt that is, unique. I think a lot of times there's anger that's left over. How could the person do this to themselves? There's confusion, there's questions. Um, and a lot of times those questions revolve around where that person is going to spend eternity. Can someone who claimed to love God, but who came to this end still go to heaven? And of course, varying faith traditions have responded differently and some of them very harshly and not helpfully. Um, and I think that often creates more questions than it does answers. So um, my hope is that this is going to be clear, that it's going to be biblical, that it'll be helpful. Um, because I think for some pe- people, the question actually in and of itself brings trouble. Can a Christian commit suicide? Um, can anyone who truly belongs to Christ come to a place where they're in such despair, uh, such desperation that they take their own life? And I think some people, not with any harsh intention, I don't think, but I think some people would actually say, or at least imply that the answer is no, uh, that real faith would kind of never let it get that far. And I think that's unhelpful. Uh, To be a believer does mean that we have a transformed heart. It means that we have a renewed mind. It means that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. um, And we know that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Uh, He equips us to serve. He enlightens our mind, helps us understand God and his word. But we also have to understand that that same believer still lives and struggles in the flesh. We still live in a fallen world. We still have a very real enemy in Satan. And every genuine believer acknowledges that they still struggle with sin. So uh, with the help of the word and the spirit and with the support and encouragement of other believers, we also understand that we have sin, that we do commit sin, and we repent of that sin. So we find restoration and forgiveness, but we still sin. We still struggle. We still battle things like anger and fear and even hopelessness and despair at times. And I think that is something that we can't lose, that faithful people still struggle mightily with these very real things. And there are biblical examples of that. You have uh, men like Elijah, a great prophet of God who saw fire descend from heaven, consume the altar, who oversaw the destruction of the priests of Baal. And still, in 1 Kings 19, he becomes so fearful and so despairing that he actually asks the Lord to take his life. You read through the Psalms and you see Psalms of David uh, where he's just in a place of deep despair. Places like Psalm 13 where he asks if God has forgotten him or if God is like deliberately hiding his face from him. Uh, He's in so much sorrow that he says, God, if you don't intervene, I'm going to die. Uh, In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, Paul says this. He says, we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experienced in Asia. He says, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Uh, The burdens of ministry and the pressure and the affliction and the persecution that they faced were so great and so weighty that life itself seemed really hopeless to them. 
So we have to understand, I think, that faith in Christ, uh, salvation in and of itself, doesn't mean that we will never never struggle. It doesn't mean that the believer is never going to deal with things like fear or anxiety or despair. So when we approach this, we need to approach it with compassion, um, not just a snap judgment about a person's faith or lack of faith. Now, that being said, the believer has every reason not to take their own life. What we know about the person and the work of God, it ought to have a tremendous impact on our thinking, even in those moments where we are filled with fear or we are suffering under the deepest despair. Well, what do we know? We know that God is the one who gives life. And more than that, we know that our lives aren't our own. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to the God who created us. There's places that we could go in scripture, places like Psalm 139 that remind us that God determines the number of our days, that he knows the number of hairs on our head. Uh, that he knows the words that we speak before they come out of our lips. Um, Psalm 139 reminds us that there's no place where we can go where we are absent from God's presence, whether that's uh, the heights of the heavens or the depths of the earth. There's nowhere we go that God is not there. We know from places like Romans chapter 8 that God uses every circumstance to accomplish good and eternal good things for those who love him. We know from James 1, we know from 1 Peter 1, that trials and testing, hurtful, painful things are used to test and uh, demonstrate the validity of and to strengthen our faith. And there's a hundred different places uh, that we could go in the Bible that continue to kind of give those same truths. But the overall picture is this. We belong to a God who is absolutely holy who is perfectly good, who is infinitely powerful, and who knows everything. And we know that that same God is not only aware of our circumstances, but that he oversees and he directs and he guides our circumstances and guides us in our circumstances. And we know that same majestic and powerful and holy God has a purpose in every circumstance. As believers, we understand because the Bible tells us that there's no such thing as random suffering. There's no pointless darkness. There is no uh, hardship without reason behind it. There's no random chance associated with our suffering. We know that God is faithful. We know that God keeps every promise that he has made. And so we look at those promises. We know that God has promised to provide for us. He's promised to meet our needs. We know that God has promised to give us the strength and the resources to live obediently. We know that God has promised to complete the good work that he started in us. And those truths matter. It's why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 1.8, even when he said he despaired of life itself. The next verse in 2 Corinthians 1.9 says, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Uh, Paul's weakness, his fear, his hopeless situation, it, it made him, it drove him back to fixing his hope on God uh, to the point that if ministry or trial actually took his life, he found security in the knowledge of God who raises the dead. You go back and you read those same Psalms that David wrote and in his despair, he cries out honestly to God, but he always comes back to this place of worship. And it's not because his circumstances changed. It's not because things get better. It's because he remembers who God is. David finds hope in the unchanging nature and character of God. So the reality is when someone who is a believer takes their own life, it, it's a reflection of the fact that they have either forgotten or denied those promises. That doesn't negate the pain. That doesn't minimize suffering, darkness, despair. It doesn't take any of those things lightly. Those are real. Those are incredibly painful. 
But those precious truths that we talked about, they're just as true in the darkness as they are in the light. So while a believer can take their own life, it is possible to be a Christian and come to that place where you take your own life. We, we at the same time, with compassion and kindness, can say that that is not a God-honoring act, that that's a sinful thing to do, because it ultimately says that my life can have no further purpose, that God either cannot or will not work good in this situation, good for me and good for others. And so death is the only answer. So when we understand that, when we understand that pain is real, that despair is real, when we understand that even the believer struggles with those things, when we understand that God is not absent in our suffering, that he uses suffering, when we understand that suicide isn't a God-honoring or faithful response, then it actually allows us to answer that question in much the same way when, as when we talk about any other sin. Because suicide, while it's devastating and painful and sinful, is not the unpardonable sin. Uh, scripture teaches us that the moment that we're saved, when we repent and when we believe in the finished work of Christ, uh, Scripture tells us that we're guaranteed eternal life. John 3.16, most famous verse in all the Bible, makes that clear. That God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but would have everlasting or eternal life. And Christians can and should not only know, but be assured of their salvation. We don't have to go through life wondering whether we're really saved or not. When John writes the book, uh, the letter of 1 John, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, he says that he wrote that letter so that they might know that they have eternal life. In Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, Paul goes through all of these things that cannot separate us from the love of God. Uh, height, depth, angels, principalities, things present, things to come, powers. All of these things are insufficient, unable to separate us from the love of God. It's this picture of the security that believers have even in their own smallness, their own weakness, their own failure, even in the pressures and the dangers that we often face in this life, uh, nothing, no created thing can separate us from the love of God. Uh, so while we don't minimize the pain, while we don't minimize the sin, even the tragic nature of suicide should remind us of the faithfulness of God. Now, there might be people listening to this at one point or another who struggle deeply with pain, with despair, with anxiety, maybe even with suicidal thoughts, or maybe you know someone who does. And if that's the case, I want to remind you of some things. I want you to remember that our enemy, the devil, is a liar and a murderer and has been from the beginning. He delights in convincing people that they're alone. He delights in convincing people that they're worthless, that they're hopeless. He delights in seeing life destroyed. He's a liar. He's a doomed and defeated enemy. The word of God tells us the truth about those things. The word of God tells us that we're never alone. If you're a believer, if you belong to Christ, he has never and will never leave you. And so if that is you and you're struggling with that idea, I plead with you, go to church, move toward at least one other brother or sister in Christ, share your burden with them because in his mercy, God has placed us within a body of believers and that is designed to help us bear burdens. It's designed to strengthen us. It's designed to equip us. Um, if you're struggling with these things, the feelings of worthlessness, then I plead with you to remember the truth of the gospel, that God loved us and sent his son to die for us. While we were sinners, ruined and rebellious, he took our sin and he covered us with his righteousness. And now he calls us brother and sister. Uh, 
you have a place in the body of Christ. You have gifts that are meant and designed and given to bless and benefit others. You are precious to God. And I want you to remember that you have hope. That your situation may not change. That David found hope even in hopeless circumstances. And that is the same thing that can be true of us. The diagnosis might still be terminal. Uh, that relationship might be forever altered or even severed. Uh, whatever you may be dealing with might very well still be incredibly difficult and painful. But God knows. God sees. God cares. But more than that, God can and he will use even these things to accomplish something that it's so marvelous and so wonderful and of such eternal value that it's going to, at one point, make all these, what Peter says, are momentary light afflictions seem like nothing. And more than that, we have to remember that we have this great high priest in Jesus Christ uh, who's not only high and exalted, but who the author of Hebrews says is a sympathetic high priest. He suffered. He was rejected. He was abandoned. He was beaten. He was crucified in the most unjust act in human history. And he knows. And so he says, cry out to him. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for us. In our loneliness, in our pain, in our despair, we cry out to a God who not only knows us and loves us, but who is sympathetic to our suffering. And he promises to hold us, to comfort us, and to keep us. So uh, I'm going to ask Noah to put a couple of resources on the podcast website that deal with suicide. My hope is that you'll find them helpful. Uh, either as you struggle yourself or as you help and walk alongside someone else who is struggling. And I hope that you'll remember these biblical truths and that they impact the way that you think about this. Thank you very much, Pastor Matt. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, those resources that he mentioned are going to be in this article if you're watching on our website or if you're watching on YouTube or anywhere else you can listen to this podcast, you can find it in the description of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we know this is a heavy topic, and we hope that it was able to help you in some way. And Pastor Matt's right. Uh, you should seek fellowship with other believers and draw near to God's word in times of trouble because God is unchanging, and that's where we can find our foundation in his truth. Um, we'll see you next week where we'll be answering a question that we received in an email about Rahab the harlot. It's going to be a very interesting answer. So we'll see you then.